Hey friends, it's Jenna and Ashley. Welcome back to season three of the Geek Girls Universe podcast, your home for the latest entertainment and fandom news. Hey friends, it's Ashley. Welcome back to the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Today, we are talking with Alicia Wainwright, Rome Flynn, and Jason Ritter, stars of Raising Dion. This season, Dion continues honing his powers with the support of his mom and Tevin, that's Rome's character, his trainer who catches Nicole's eye. I mean, he'd catch our eye too. Let's just be real. After befriending new student Brayden, a fellow powered kid, a series of alarming events unfold and Dion learns that danger is still looming. Navigating twists, turns, and surprise visitors, Dion and Nicole must prevail again. But this time it isn't just about saving themselves, but also the entire city of Atlanta. Season two debuts on Netflix, February 1st, 2022. But before we talk to them, if you're new here or haven't already, we would love it if you subscribed, left us a rating on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. It helps our podcast reach other geeks, and the more the geek here, right? We also have a Facebook group, Geek Girls Universe. You don't need to be a girl to join, only a geek. So these interviews were really fun, and they were so chatty. However, the show itself is really quite good. I was surprised at how good it was I was a little you know sometimes I'm a little hesitant when we get sent these things and I'm all like oh let me check it out because you know sometimes shows are just meh but this one was actually quite good I was pleasantly surprised it's very family friendly um there's something I think in it for everybody I love that it's the story about a young black boy his mom (laughs) is a single parent And so it's really, it's the two of them trying to navigate this, you know, and then you add in the dynamic of him having superpower and trying to just deal with all of that. So it's, it's a really great story. Um, I love that it's based on a comic book. The balance of sort of heart and humor is really, you know, it's really well done. The, the special effects are good, but they've got a great cast. Um, You know, we, Alicia has been here in the first season as well as Jason Ritter, but um, Tevin played by Rome Flynn as a new character this season to help train Dion and his special powers and to kind of rein them in a little bit. But um, he's definitely not hard to look at in the show, but he's also funny. Like he's yes. just, he's really funny. And he and Alicia kind of, they play off each other really well, which is nice. And there are some funny moments in there that, you know, they they first meet and she doesn't know he's his trainer. And there's this whole like interaction with the espresso machine. And, you know, at first he tries to like save her from getting, you know, attacked by the malfunctioning <laughs> espresso <laughs> machine. Yes. And then he like intentionally gets her, you know, attacked by the milk machine, which is kind of funny because that she whole conversation. That Yes, that whole conversation had me dead because, you know, he's trying to impress her. And then when she's all like, oh, you're powered. And like, and he's like, oh, you don't like my people. And she's like, that's not what I meant. And then he lets her get sprayed. And he goes, I didn't want to offend you with my powers. And her face, they have such a great on-screen chemistry. They do. Um, he's, a, he's a great addition to the show, for sure. Um, I also thought that he did a great job with uh, Dion's character as well it's almost like they were always meant to be uh, yes. buddies so to speak 
And oh my God, the supporting cast of the kids, the little girl. Oh my God. I love her. Ah, She's my favorite. She's so good. (laughs) Yes. Adorable. Oh my goodness. She's a little heartbreaker. Love her. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm, I love watching Jason Ritter's character, his arc, um, Pat, just kind of seeing what he's going through this season compared to last season. So yeah, it's a really good show. And I love the way that they've kind of developed the characters. Hey, Alicia and Rome. I'm Ashley with Ashley and Company. Uh, Rome, what was it like joining the Raising Dion family and getting to see yourself on screen for the first time with all the powers and that cool stuff? (laughs) I mean, you know, it was was a a dream come true Um, as an actor, but also just as a, a fan of of sci-fi type of stuff. I I hadn't had the opportunity to do something like this before. So uh, to be a part of this show in particular, is just, you know, been really, it's been really great, you know, to be able to, to be such a strong character, but also be a flawed character um, throughout the season and working opposite Alicia and, you know, decides there's a lot of great things about the show. Um, I think it's very well written, you know, very well done. They put the money in to make sure that the effects look good and that's super important because if they look bad, it takes you completely out of the show and, and everything. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I'm, I'm humbled to be able to, to be a part of it. Alicia, you have seen the kids grow up so much from season one to season two. What has been your favorite part about working with them? And then related to that also, like you have this innate ability working with them, but you're not a parent, correct? No. So it's like you, I'm like, how, how does she do that? Because I want some of those skills and I'd like to take some lessons. I just, yeah. But yeah. What's it like working with these kids from, you know, season to season and watching them grow? Um, I mean, honestly, it's almost like the question is the answer. It's like watching them grow is kind of an incredible thing to, to watch Josai and Sammy who had never stepped in front of a camera before, you know, and to watch these little ones kind of just like, like bloom and, and, and to watch themselves on TV and, and, and to have this camaraderie, like their best friends on their own, like outside of work, like they, they FaceTime each other all the time. Like it's super cute. And, and to kind of witness that, you know, cause I mean, to be completely honest, I was sometimes a little afraid. I'm like, are we like messing this kid up? you know, as, as, cause Hollywood can be kind of a hard place, but I think shooting the show in Atlanta and I think, you know, every, almost everyone, uh, I mean, minus me has, um, partners has, have, um, have children and have these like family dynamics. So it's such a warm, like, like healthy place to have kids working out of. So I think we bring a lot of the element. I mean, season one, we had like four baby births, you know, um, through different, um, like, like castmates and their wives. And, and this season our directing EP, um, they had a new baby. So it's just like, there's, it's just a very family friendly show on screen and off screen too. <laughs> yeah. My question is for Rome. So the show is based on a comic book. Did you read that at all to prepare? Are you big into comic books? So did you get any type of, um, reading in for that? <laughs> um, no, I, I, I didn't read the comic book. Um, I, I wanted to, I didn't want to approach it that way. Uh, but I did speak to, um, Dennis who created it and, you know, we, we did go over a lot of what heaven is. And I, I just wanted to approach it from a perspective of not knowing those things and what was written before, um, to try to bring whatever I could maybe subconsciously to, to the character that, 
maybe otherwise I, I would have thought about not doing had I read the, the read the comic book. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I knew about it, but I didn't want to read it. I wanted to try to live in it a little more. So Nicole gets into boxing between seasons one and two. Did you need to do any training on that or are you already a boxer? Um, so it's actually kind of funny through our like personal conversations with the showrunner, uh, Carol Barbie, she knew that I liked boxing, that I had boxed and like done some fight stuff on my previous show. So, um, I'm not a trained dancer. Um, I personally don't think I'm very good. And so I didn't have an affinity towards it. And she really was so great in just kind of shaping the character more to fit my like physical dynamic and so she was able to like seamlessly weave that into the character and make it real make it like 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 the logic makes sense why she would learn to box um but yeah I had um the stunt coordinator and I like worked out a little bit leading up to some of the stuff that we did but I was pretty familiar up until that point I like you know pre-pandemic I was going to the boxing gym you know like at least once a week or something like that it's a good workout <laughs> So Alicia, you were mentioning kind of your stunt training, but Tevin has some serious moves because I mean, he's powered in this. So what was it like? Were you able to perform most of your own stunts? Were there any that were especially difficult to land that you were like, oh, I'll just I'll let the professionals handle that? Um, you know, did everything myself. No awesome. help from anybody. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, for real. I didn't. The guy who was doing all the cool stuff, he deserves all of the credit. <laughs> Um, all I simply had to do was make sure I turned the right way like he did. And even that was hard. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he was amazing. I wish they could have used him more. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I want to do stuff like that, but maybe I was, I'm going I'm to do some training, you know, over the next couple of months. And when I come back, then I'm going full with Tom Cruise. I'm doing everything myself. <laughs> there you go. Season three, you can do all that. <laughs> <laughs> if you could pick one superpower, what would it be? Rome, you go. Ah, uh, superpower. Um, I want to fly. You know, I think I can deal with not having super strength. Um, I think I'm smart enough. I'm okay with that. Um, I don't need super intelligence. I don't want to know everything. I don't want to know what you're thinking. Ignorance is bliss. Dreadful. You know, that like... sounds dreadful to know exactly what everybody's thinking, reading their mind. I want to be able to fly. Okay, I want to be like a bird. I want to be in the sky that's what I want to do I I think about this a lot around press time and I think uh, I saw something last year that made me laugh it was like I like you could curse someone in some small way so like for example like if you if you're mad at someone like like they get a ticket that day or like you know they like have yeah. really bad indigestion or like you know <laughs> like they can't find their contact lens yeah like it's like the most minor of inconveniences yeah. Uh, yeah. So mine, I'm going, I'm going bad. Uh, <laughs> villain, villain origin yeah, story. Villain, villain. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's, she's petty. It's okay. <laughs> what makes your show so different than all the other superhero shows? Um, well, I think what we're seeing now with, uh, the superhero genre is the expansion beyond just action. 
you are getting into crazy comedies, gritty comedies, you're getting into family dramas, you're getting into like existential weird sort of like out of the box avant-garde kind of things. And I think, you know, there was a space that was vacant for like family friendly POC driven content. I don't think there was really much available. There was, but it's like for an, an older teen, like maybe a teenager, not something for a little kid. And so, you know, if you have a child that's from about like five to maybe about 13, like this is really that target. And I think in creating a story, that's something that is, you know, your parents and your children can watch together. Um, Mm -hmm. There isn't really anything like that on the Netflix platform um, that I've seen in movies. And so really when people are coming up to me and just like you said, it's a favorite show, it's a favorite because it's something that's like a shared memory with your your spouse, your your kids and everyone can kind of get together and 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 watch it and 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 kind of get that like itch scratched of, uh, of it being a superhero show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the same thing she said. I mean, it, it, I feel like this show is unique because um, we have a little black boy headline in the show. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, and Netflix has always been good about being progressive and cutting edge and giving the spaces to um, voices that I feel like don't really have the opportunity to. Uh, but, you know, but aside from that, the show is just good. And you can watch it with a really any age range. Um, and like she said, I don't know if there's many shows out there that I can say I sat down and watched with my entire family. like. You know, I don't think that at any part in the show, you're going to want to cover your eyes and your mom cover their eyes, you know, and, but at the same time, it, it isn't cheesy. It isn't like unbearable to sit through. Like you want to know what happens next. And so all those elements together, I think, have created a really, really unique and special show. And um, I'm excited for everybody to see it, see the second season. If there is a season three, do you have a personal wish list of things you'd like to see happen with your character? Um, absolutely. I think at the end of the season, Nicole has like almost all the trust in letting him do whatever he, not whatever he wants, but you understand what I'm saying. So it's like, I think now that we've like wrapped that up and and really made that a clear um, path for Nicole, like there's so many other things about life with a super powered kid that I can't wait to explore because it's like once you have this core foundation between the two of them, um, they have some struggles between the both of them and then they really come together. So it's like, okay, now what does a unified front look like? when he's out there trying to save the world. Um, And I think that that's really cool. And I would love to see that be explored. Yeah, I mean, I have a wish list too. Yeah, I think the wish list is just being a part of the next season, probably, Um, (laughs) mainly. (laughs) Um, And and, uh, beyond that, just expanding on a relationship between Nicole and Tevin, and because they they really just scratched the surface. And at the, I mean, I don't know, at the end, we really see the walls come down, I guess, metaphorically and physically. Um, and now maybe we get to see what this looks like, you know, and also, I don't know, I don't want to give the end, but like everything that happens, like you just become closer with someone when you go through crazy stuff and they went through some crazy stuff and with Dion. And so it's, I think it would just be interesting to see how that plays out and 
Uh, a lot of different angles I think could take with it. Yeah, I want more training, so more training scenes too, by the way. More training <laughs> scenes. Those are cool. That was a good question. I like being hopeful yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Manifesting already, huh? I see. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Jason. Thank you for taking time to talk with us today. I have a question. Did you work closely with Griffin to kind of help him really embrace that inner crooked man? And what was that I, like? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I talked to him quite a lot. Um, and uh, it was great. He was really receptive to it. And he he brought his own you know he has a he has a real uh, ability to sort of walk the line between his innocent face and his very creepy <laughs> stare, um, and he was really good with the stillness of it. It really feels like in a lot of those scenes that there are conflicting things going around in his in his head, um, but it was fun. It was also fun to have a, a little a little partner in my evil plans. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, he's doing a great job. So you definitely nailed it. Thank you. <laughs> you know, for the most part, all of my superpowers in the first season were going on sort of behind the scenes. <clears throat> there was really only one final episode where I got to do all the fun stuff. Um, and then we, <laughs> we start back up and it's, it's all over. Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I definitely missed that. Um, but it was it was really interesting, you know, the the dynamic in the first season where I'm it's sort of split into two things and I'm lying to everybody and it all kind of comes to a head and you find out, you know, exactly who he is and what he's been lying about. It was really interesting to have all of that power taken away from him. And so now it's just Pat again, but with all of the consequences with everything that he's done, that he now has to sort of try to build back trust with people that he has absolutely burned every possibility of, of getting back <clears throat> into good graces with any of them. So it was a really fun and interesting journey this year, but I, I definitely was jealous of some of the, some of the, all the superpowers that were flying around around me everywhere. <laughs> did you know going into the season, the whole arc for his motivations and everything, or did you find out episode by episode? I, well, Carol had told me that, you know, she had a plan for this season and, uh, but she didn't, she didn't tell me, I don't think she told me what ends up, where it ends up going. So I was reading it episode by episode. By the time we were shooting, I knew the entire arc because we had done table reads of everything. So I knew by the time we were, we were shooting, but, um, but it was really exciting to read these episodes. And, uh, you know, I, as Jason was like rooting for Pat, I was like, come on, Pat, you know, do something good, <laughs> help them uh, redeem yourself or even redeem 1% of your horrible deeds, you know. Um, but it, it was really fun. I think that was one of the things that I, I like about this character in the first season and this season is he's, you, there's not really a spoon fed, you know, raising Dion approved way to feel about Pat. Uh, I mean, hopefully by the time he's killing people, you know, you're like, that, that's not good. Don't do that. But <clears throat> You know, there are things that it was interesting to find what sort of like looking online and see what turned people off to Pat. You know, people were like, I knew I, from the second episode, there was something off or something. And then, and then also on the other hand, people um, watching him do all the horrible things and going, it's not him. I know it's not him. You know, I, I, I like having that spectrum of reaction. And I think in this season as well, I think people will have different reactions. I think people will be 
willing or not willing to get back on board with Pat um, at different stages. And, and I like that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to build back trust when you've been lying for that long to that many people that you trust to go, okay, okay, okay. But now I'm really telling the truth. Like, you know, so I, I enjoy Pat having to sit in those consequences, which he does not like, uh, doing. (laughs) He's not a, uh, consequence lover. Um, but he knows that the only way to sort of get back is to try to prove that he, this time he's, he's safe, he's okay. Um, to whatever degree of success he gets, we'll, we'll all have to see. What are you hoping kids and families take away after watching season two? You know, I think, uh, I think one of the things that I enjoyed the most about season two was uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff about peer pressure and meeting new kids and that thing where you want to make friends and you want people to like you and you want to, you know, be uh, in a group. But, but what does it mean when, when somebody is telling you to do things that, that you know are not right, that you know feel wrong and, and that you know your mom would not approve of, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I thought that, that it was really interesting in, in that. And I also think they do a great job in the season of going into the how the crooked energy sort of manifests in <clears throat> in Braden and what it feeds off of. And, and even though we live in a world that doesn't have crooked energy, there are emotional states that can be poisonous to us all as children or as an adult, as adults. And, um, and, and it's their energies and thoughts and emotions that we can feed or that we can try to grow ourselves out of. And I just thought it was really interesting that there's this, there's this battle with, with everybody, with Brayden, with Pat, anybody who's come into contact with the cricket energy um, of myself and my, you know, the, the baggage that I'm carrying, the, the things that twist me, the things that make me want to lash out or do things like that. So I, I think that those are some of the most interesting elements to talk about. And the, the dynamic of, can I, you know, the feeling of, can I trust can I talk to my mom about this stuff? Can I say I'm having a hard time with this kid? I don't know what to do. He tells me things, uh, you know, we can, we can feel like we're betraying our friends. And I think it's really important that we let our, let our parental figures in to help us navigate some of those complicated things because we all do it. Thank you. Thanks so much for talking with us today, Jason. So your character loves comics and um, describes himself as a comic aficionado, not a geek or a nerd because, you know, that's offensive. And that $12 (laughs) comic book is not going to buy your trust. Um, You, did you read comics as a kid? Um, And if you did, did you have a favorite like comic line series, you know, author, character? I, I did read a lot of comics as a, as a kid. Um, you know, I never was the kind of, of comic book aficionado that kept them in the plastic or, you know, I didn't know about any of that stuff. I just like to read them and then I have them in a big pile somewhere. Um, and I liked, I mean, I liked everything. I liked, uh, uh, for some reason, the, the comic graphic novel style of storytelling is something that my brain goes, yeah, I can pay attention to this. You know, sometimes with books, I have a little bit of a harder time. My brain goes, Ooh. But um, but anyway, I loved everything from like 
Archie and Betty and Veronica to um, Green Lantern to um, like the Sandman books. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I sort of was, it was like anything that I could sort of get my hands on. Uh, Robert Crumb, what, you know, anything that was sort of laying around the house, I'd go, oh, this has pictures and words. Let me take a look at this. Um, so yeah, uh, I, so I've always, I've always loved it. And it's been interesting to see the world kind of um, change around their opinions of, or, or, or more people come out and say, yes, I love this too. Uh, and I'm not afraid of being teased about it. <clears throat> You were kind of talking about comic books earlier, and since this is based on a comic, did you get a chance to read it before taking on the role of Pat and then kind of following his journey so you kind of knew what to expect? I read it, um, I read it actually after I was cast and I, after I met Dennis and I, I <clears throat> talked to him about it and he gave me a copy of it. And, um, but I, I believe uh, that the Pat in the comic books is not the Pat that was in, that's in the show. Um, so it was, it's interesting as it's, it's almost like a Raising Dion parallel universe where uh, I think when Carol and all the writers with Dennis had the idea of what if Pat is the crooked man, Dennis who created all these characters was <laughs> as blown away as, as we all were. He's like, but but I'm Pat, <laughs> you know, I feel like he identifies so much with, with Pat, um, and a lot of us do, uh, that he was sort of surprised. But then as the, as the thread started to kind of go through all of the things that they had laid in of, of Pat kind of just sort of cutting little corners morally, you know, like things that are not awful but it's you know it's not great to be like hey don't tell you don't need to tell your mom about this you know even though i'm friends with your mom and i you know there are just little moments where you go huh that's okay well maybe he just uh maybe he's just like that um but to have it all kind of pulled together and this guy who wants things the way he wants and is uh upset when he doesn't get them uh it, it, i thought they did a great job of kind of laying that in but I highly recommend the comic book for anybody and especially for fans of Raising D on the show because it's interesting to see how they both kind of grew into their separate things. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Geek Girls Universe podcast. Join us next week as we share all the breaking and exciting fandom news. As always, if you have anything you want to share, tag us on Twitter and at Whiskey and Sunshine and at that Ashley Aaron. Until next time, geeks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more geeky goodness.